This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. You've got your Bible with you in 2 Kings chapter 6. And this is an interesting story. Oh. When you read this story, you can't help but be just a little bit overawed by the situation and circumstances that Israel find themselves in. Chapter 6, chapter 7. And we read the story of Israel trapped inside the city walls. The Arameans, well read you. I read that a few times and I thought, Armenians, what are they doing there? The Arameans have trapped and they've laid siege upon Israel. And as you start this story, it, it couldn't start in worse circumstances. There's a famine in the land, which means there's no food which means there's not been any food for a while, which means they're starving. And then the bad news is that they are under siege, which means they can't go out of the city, otherwise they will get killed. They can't go out of the city walls. They are completely and utterly isolated and trapped and have no means of getting any more food when there really is no food anyway. And as June read for us the very start of, um, of the, 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 the portion of Scripture that talks about the, the famine, we see that... Um, well, a donkey's head is selling for decent money. And I can quite understand why. Sometimes I'm hungry enough to eat a donkey. <laughs> John's often hungry enough to eat a donkey. But that's because apparently there's protein in, in meat. <laughs> but as you start to uh, unlock the story, the situation is worse than that. In fact, it's so much worse than that, and I, I've, I've, tried to, um, I've tried to tame this, but you, you can't tame Scripture. But listen to this. It, it's quite savage as we go on from verse 25. 26, then, as the king of Israel was passing by the wall, a woman cried out to him, Help me, my lord the king. The king replied, If the lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor? From the wine press? Then he asked her, What's the matter? She answered, This woman said to me, Give up your son so that we may eat him today and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and we ate him. The next day I said to her, Give up your son so that we may eat him. But she had hidden him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. As he went along the wall, the people looked and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. He said, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of that guy, remains on, the, <laughs> on his shoulders today. Now Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead, but before it arrived, Elisha, Elisha said to the elders, don't you see how this murderer is sending someone to cut off my head? How did Elisha know that? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold it shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's footsteps behind him? While he was still talking to him, the messenger came down to him, and the king said, This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? You know, they are harsh, harsh 
verses to read, aren't they? Savage. You, almost, you can't really paint the picture of the desperation until you read the whole piece. I was careful um, with the audience, but the truth is that they are in a real mess. And they are desperate, absolutely desperate for God to deliver them from this situation. This woman here is looking to a king to try and help. But the truth of the matter is that as you go through scripture, at this point Israel is in a position where they've raised kings. They've decided that they want to put their trust in a king. But the truth is that a king can only do so much. He can only do so much. And this is why we say often as a New Testament church that we don't put our hope and our faith in somebody on planet earth. No, no, no. We put our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ. We put our faith and our hope in God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is the God who put the stars into space. Can he deal with this situation? You bet he can. Can he deal with the situation in your life that you think that there is no possible way that I could overcome? You bet he can. And the word tells us this morning that we have to, and I believe this is the message for us this morning, that we have to look for the blessing. We have to look for the blessing. And as we unlock the story, those are the words that I want you to sort of try and have running through your mind. As we've ridden there, they're in the midst of horrendous famine. And Elisha is the prophet of God. This is the man that God has raised up. The man that God has given instruction to, to try and help Israel. To try and save Israel from herself. Israel, as you go through the history of Israel and continue to go through the history of Israel, they were real good at messing it up. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but anybody else good at that? They were really good at making a mess of things. And over and over and over again, they were desperately in need of God to deliver them. Um, And just a plug for Wednesday night Bible study, if you're around Wednesdays at 7pm, we're looking into the deliverers, the judges, the deliverers that God raised up to save Israel time and time again. And here the situation is the same, but the prophet has said to them that, look, there's things that are going to happen. You're not going to believe it, but these things are going to happen. And Elisha um, finds himself in a position where the king is now after his head. I don't think that's a great solution, do you? If I was a king, I know what to do. The man of God, let's go and lop his head off. You can see that in the midst of turmoil, we can make really bad decisions, can't we? And that's a real good lesson for us in life in general. They say, don't make a decision what is the what is the phrase? Don't make a decision in the middle of disaster. Because when we do that, we nine times out of ten, I'll be brave, ten times out of ten, we'll make the wrong decision. And in the heat of the moment, we can say something that we didn't want to say. We can do something that we didn't really want to do. We can be the person that we try so hard to keep the lid on. The old self comes out. And here the word saying to us that, well, we just need to be careful with that. And, and when we have the opportunity to read about people making bad decisions, it's not just a case of reading over the words. It's allowing them to, to settle on our heart, to make sure that when tomorrow comes that we don't go in the heat of the moment and do or say or be something that we never intended to be. The king has lost his patience. He sent a messenger to cut off Elisha's head, but 
Well, Elisha has a word from God and knows full well that the man's coming. So he puts, uh, he puts a few guys up against the door and then the king arrives at the same time. Well, the king don't want to be there for that. He's the king. So he says to Elisha, this disaster, verse 33, this disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? This is the king talking to Elisha and the leaders uh, there. And you can see um, that you've got the capital L-O-R-D. He's talking about God, Yahweh. This disaster is from Yahweh. Why should I wait for Yahweh any longer? He'd missed the point, hadn't he? God didn't cause the disaster. God hadn't caused the turmoil. Israel's disobedience had caused this situation. So often we're very quick, aren't we, to put blame. I won't ask you again to raise your hand, but I know that naturally, because you're the same as me, I'm so quick to apportion blame to somebody else other than myself. You're all judging me now. Seems harsh. (laughs) But actually what we have to realize that we are probably in a position where we are away from the Lord when things seem to go completely in the direction that we weren't expecting them to go, but we've had no communication with God. We've found ourselves now in a, in a barren place, in a dry place, and we say, Lord, what have you done? And he says, well, I'm here waiting. You appear to have wandered off like sheep, haven't we? We've wandered astray. I'm sure the word says that. But of course, God is with Elisha. So God sort of has this moment with Elisha to to preempt him at what's coming. But then the Lord says to Elisha that actually there's something about to happen. Verse uh, Chapter 7, verse 1. About this time tomorrow, a seer of flour will sell for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now that seemed like news that was completely impossible. Bear in mind that they just sold a donkey Well, for 80 shekels of silver, they've sold a donkey's head for 80 shekels of silver. Now, I'm told by the historians that this price is still about double what it would normally be if everything was okay. But you put yourself in a position where they have no way of getting food. They can't go anywhere. They're under siege. And then God says to them, well, actually, at the gate tomorrow, you'll be able to buy a seer of flour And you'll be able to buy two seers of barley. And that's what the price will be. And you can see them all scratching their head and going, what? How is that ever going to be possible? How is that going to be the case? But Elijah brings a message of salvation. And they are in a position where they're so consumed by the darkness that they can't see salvation coming. What a great message for us this morning. Sometimes we have to lift up our head, don't we? Sometimes we have to raise ourselves out of the pit and say, Lord, What's happening here? Because I know you're a God who tells me that you're never going to leave me. We've heard that this morning in the breaking of bread. Your promises are sure, yet here I am in a world of hurt and pain. And I can see no way out. And God says, just, just lift up your head. 
Just look into my word. Just spend time with me and I'll show you that salvation is coming. I'll show you that there's an opportunity to receive life if we haven't asked the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts. This is the opportunity of salvation that God has put on the horizon for us. But so often we can't see it. So often we can't see it. And Elisha says to him, this is what's going to happen. And then it gets to this remarkable passage. And I'm one of those that read scripture and I I find myself, what a story is about to unfold in front of us. Because that's heartache and pain. We've just had those few verses. And as you read through scripture, we now get this wonderful, amazing, incredible piece of scripture. Chapter 7 and verse 3. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. These guys have no hope, do they? No hope whatsoever. They are cast out of the city, never to return, because the leprosy is not going to get better. There isn't a cure at this stage. They are in a mess. Have you ever heard the saying, caught between a rock and a hard place? These guys had a city behind them where they were going to, if they were allowed in, were going to starve to death. And in front of them had the Aramean army who would kill them if they went anywhere near. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. Simple. At dusk, remember what Elijah said. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, not a man was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as as it was and they ran for their lives. There's a deliverer. There's salvation right there. And the men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver, gold and clothes and went and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took the same things from it and hid them also. Who wouldn't do that? They are absolutely starving to the point of death. And they've now wandered over to the camp. They've gone doing what? Well, it seemed like they were looking for disaster, but really they were looking for hope. They were looking for salvation. They were looking for blessing. They looked up just a little bit and said, well, they might spare us. That's our only hope. They might spare us. And off they go in search of blessing. And when they get there, of course, because of what the Lord has said through Elijah, actually God has overcome the army. Didn't even need to fight them. I love that, don't you? Don't even need to raise a sword. God has caused them to hear all sorts of stuff and off they run. I'd run as well. And here they now find themselves eating and drinking and enjoying the spoils as though they'd won, as though they'd conquered. 
And then we get verse 9, which is incredible. Then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is the day of good news, and we we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daybreak, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they went and called out to the city gatekeepers and told them, We went into the Aramean camp and not a man was there, not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys and the tents left just as they were. The gatekeepers shouted the news and it was reported within the palace. Can you imagine the joy? Salvation has arrived. If you get chance later on, you can read the, the very last part, 12 through uh, to chapter, uh, verse 30. And that will just give you a picture of how desperate and upset and how consumed the king was. But the truth is that these men decided that today was the day that I am going to look for blessing. Today is the day that I'm going to decide to go and look for hope. Today is the day that I have decided that I am going to look for salvation. And it's such an interesting scenario because these guys have nothing going for them. Absolutely nothing. But they have absolutely everything going for them. They had to go and look for it though. They had to go and look for it. First of all, as we just unlock these guys, and this is why I want to camp out for just a few moments that as we look at these guys, that they were in their heart of hearts wanted to find some hope. They wanted to look for blessing. And as they go out and do that, they find some hope and some salvation that God has rescued them from the Aramean army. But two, as we go down to verse nine, they have a responsibility. They have a responsibility that when they've seen that there is good news, that the good news needs to be shared. Is this ringing clear with anybody? You know, and I say to you so often, we have to look in the Old Testament for the gospel. It is there every single time, every time that these guys here now have had good news that they are saved. And it needs to be shared. It needs to be shared. You know, church, we are a blessed people. So often we forget. Because we live in a a culture, in a society where we want for nothing. A lot of us will go out for lunch. Some of us have probably got a roast on. It's not an issue for us to go and find food. We don't have to catch it and kill it. We can actually go to Tesco's. All other retail outlets are available. (laughs) And we can go and buy food. We can go to a restaurant. We're a blessed people. But I also know that because of the fact that we are human beings, there are things in our lives that are overwhelming. Whether that be illness, whether that be our finance, whether that be broken relationships, whatever that might be, that we can find ourselves in positions where we go, Lord, I cannot see the good. I cannot see how I'm going to get out of this mess. I'm surrounded to the north, the south, and the east, and the west, and I'm crying out, Lord, help me, save me. And church, this morning, the Bible tells us over and over and over and over again that we have a God who loves us, who wants the best for us, and is willing to give us salvation. And as we think about that outside of Christ, we have the opportunity to receive salvation by asking the Lord Jesus into our heart. 
one of the most simple things, yet one of the most important things in our life. But also I do know that as Christians, we too can still find ourselves in the dark situations and go, Lord, what is happening? And this morning I want to tell us, because this is what Scripture brings out for us this morning, that we have to look for the blessing. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know how difficult that situation is. But I know in my own life that there are situations that I can't do by myself. And we have to say, Lord, I need you. Help me to lift up my eyes. Help me to look for the blessing. And help me to see your hand in this situation. And this morning, church, this is what the word is saying to us, that we need to listen and understand that God is in control, but we have to look. We have to look. We're following on from God will provide, which we looked at last week. But whatever we face, whatever we are in the midst of, we know because God has said, I love you. He means it. And maybe you need to hear that this morning. God loves you. He wants the best for you. And church, he's telling us, just look up. Just look up. And as we do that, we see that God is faithful. We see that his promises are absolutely steadfast and sure. And as we understand as Elisha looked to the Lord for salvation... That God upheld his promise and he saved his people Israel again. That's the assurance that we have as a New Testament church. That God is for us, not against us. And I'm saying to you this morning, run to him today. Get up. Look for that blessing. God has not stopped loving you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your word. Father, we thank you that even as we read a tough story, Father, we can see the gospel. We can see your hand of salvation as you protect your people Israel. And Father, we just thank you this morning for your goodness and your grace. Father, that as your children, sons and daughters of the living God, that we are assured that you'll never leave us. Father, that we are never on our own. That Father, we have the Holy Spirit with inside us. I guarantee that one day we will see our Savior face to face. Father, I ask that you might just help us as your church in whatever situations and circumstances that we face. That you might just help us to look up. That, Father, we might look for the blessing. That we might seek out your hand and your will in our lives. And, Father, that ultimately we might keep our eyes fixed upon you. Lord, too, we pray for those that don't yet know you as Lord and Savior. That, Father, this morning that they might see salvation. And Father, they might choose to take hold of life that is truly life. So Father, we just lift up your name high this morning. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the warm weather and the blessings that you've poured out upon us as spring has arrived. Help us, Father, to look around, to keep our eyes open and to just bring you all the praise and all the glory. These prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. 
For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.